Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome back to another episode of Keeping Current with Kansas City. I think I'm getting okay with that name now. <laughs> it's a good one. All right. We have lots of talk about today. And today is just uh, me, Thad Bell from the Blue Testament, Daniel Sperry uh, from the Kansas City Star, and other places in his past history that I don't know if he wants to admit to. But Yeah, I mean, MLS... MLSsoccer.com in the past, last word on soccer in the past. Uh, when Pro Soccer USA, so I started, I was starting to go with both MLS Soccer and Pro Soccer USA. Um, the first article I ever wrote for Pro Soccer USA um, was a game story on uh, Sporting Kansas City shredding the Houston Dynamo four to nothing uh, in the second game of the 2020 season. And then the pandemic happened and then they ceased operation. Um, so I got in one game story out of an attempt to write for pro soccer USA. So I get that. That might be the one where I'm not like hundred percent like, Oh yes. Let me put that in my list of bylines. <laughs> well, you kind of just did. So, Hey, I, I did. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're recording this on Thursday. I think it's Thursday. A week yeah, ago, Thursday. we were talking to each other at a kind of a big event. Uh, yeah, just, just kind of, yeah. There was a groundbreaking, kind of actually two, at, for the yeah. Kansas City Current. Yeah. How big of a deal is this, in your opinion, Daniel? Uh, I... I hate how much of everything else that happened that week um, with the, the E60 doc, um, with the Sally H report. Um, Dad and I have already ranted about this to each other. Um, uh, all, all of the issues about that to each other. I've ranted about it on other pods. Um, at Same this here. point, it, it's probably a point where uh, we'd rather... Um, someone else come in and address it than us because someone who uh, is not a, a white male <laughs> meets like the, the demographic of, uh, you know, quote unquote privilege, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, I think uh, in light of everything that was going on that week, I wish we could really understand how momentous that day was for women's soccer, um, not only in the U S but globally, and for women's sports in the United States, um, like 
think of I, I think of like WNBA teams like Chicago. They they don't play in the United Center. They're relegated to um, an arena, another arena on the other side of town that is a little bit more difficult to get to. There's no train lines that run directly to it. Um, they do concerts there. You know, it's a decent uh, smaller hockey arena, maybe 15, 18,000 people there, but it's not the United Center, right? They don't get to play there. Um, you know, I think uh, the the women's team in Seattle has been playing at key, played at Key Arena forever, and I think the only way they ever got out of that um, old place uh, in downtown Seattle, right at kind of the base of the Space Needle, was because a men's hockey team was brought to Seattle that is playing at a brand new arena that they built for the men's hockey team. I mean, they're, they're, it just goes on uh, with the list of places that you know, sure. Um, you know, all rain plays in a, a state-of-the-art facility that hosts 60,000 plus um, NFL games and maybe one day um, could eventually host a Super Bowl if the NFL wants to go cold outdoors again. But it's not their stadium <clears throat> that was uh, fully funded, um, fully invested in by a family that gives uh, pretty much everything that they feel that they can give towards the advancement of women and women's sports. Um, uh, and I think that is something that in the light of all of the things that we had, that were going on that week, I think, um, maybe didn't get as much play as it should have. And I, I appreciate, um, Jason Anderson, who's a, a reporter out of DC area covers both DC United and Washington spirit and, um, does a lot of the NWSL writing for pro soccer or whatever. There's a new, I'm going to butcher the website, but there's another pro soccer wire, I believe is what it is. Um, uh, just so you know, Tad, that there's a news there's a new source of uh, soccer news and information in the U.S. with a few decent writers, uh, a few decently named writers that I think you'll uh, I think people in the overall general uh, landscape of U.S. soccer would. Um, but for but Kansas City, that, they should go to thebluetestament.com and the Kansas City Star. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Subscribe. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Um, as as we get through our little jokes back here, uh, I. You know, I appreciate Jason for bringing a light to it as well, um, that as much as everything else is being talked about, this is this is like the owners that the NWSL wants. Like, this is it. The, and they were um, at an incredible event. Um, I don't, I know, I didn't stick around long enough for the public event just because workday and general other things that had gone on throughout the day and wild uh wild week for me but um i got to go through the initial groundbreaking and um, with a lot of the dignitaries and a lot of the other people that were there um were taking their photos uh you know it's kind of the first people to break ground at the actual stadium site and then just over they did another groundbreaking ceremony with a stage and um live music and this big old um, basically city block party and it was packed over there um, and some of the, the pictures that I saw I know Thad can vouch for it as well so um, to see in, the, in an area that's kind of a, not a huge area of Kansas City that people are going to flock to um, you know for happy hour plus uh, in Kansas City I mean uh, I, I just think it, it it went to show um, how much they are drawing in interest and in public support for what they're doing and what, for what the club are trying to do, but also an, a general understanding of how big the occasion was um, for folks in Kansas city. Um, it was really cool to be at. 
uh, cool to see, um, you know, Chris and Angie put the shovels in the ground with their kid, with their daughters. Um, it was really cool to see all the players get a chance to get their shovels and their hard hats and see the whole squad out there of like, okay, this is what like you have wanted your entire career and you get to be the people that, you know, help uh, put the shovel in the dirt to help start this, um, what, what is hopefully a launch pad for um, investment in women's sports, uh, women's soccer around the United States. Um, and, and I, I applaud, um, I applaud the longs. I applaud Brittany Mahomes. I applaud a lot of the people that um, had everything to do with getting this done and making this happen and be a possibility. Um, Cause like when my daughter is old enough to realize what's going on, like she gets to dream about playing in that stadium. And it's not a dream to maybe have a stadium. It's a dream to play in a stadium that already exists and see her stars grow up in front of, uh, you know, because her player, her favorite players become stars um, right in front of her. And I think that is, that's an incredible opportunity that my, my daughter gets. And I, I really like that. That's where it kind of hits on the, at the heartstrings for me, I guess why, you know, why it's incredibly important. Yeah. Uh, hard to get a word in edgewise there. No, I'm just giving you crap. Um, I was actually kind of talking about this with my daughter right before I came down for the pod, we were having dinner and uh, she's 18 now. She's not playing soccer. She's in college doing lots of other magnificent things, but when she was born, the MLS existed. She grew up knowing the wizards and then sporting. She was, eight or nine, whatever it was when FC Kansas city came into being when the NWSL came into being. So she was pretty young when she knew that there was professional women's soccer in the United States, but mm -hmm. it was in high school stadiums or college stadiums or uh, a perfect pitch in the middle of nowhere in Swope park. Uh, kids that are like your daughter and other kids that are not born yet, or just two years old or four years old, will just know, this is that the women are being treated in a way that they should be treated. Uh, I'm not going to say equal. There's lots of ways to parse that and all that type of stuff, but they have a stadium of their own. I don't know how many of these players that turned dirt over the other day will ever get to play in it. Cause some of them are old. Some of them will not be in soccer mm -hmm. in a year or two, but some of them will play in that stadium. And mm -hmm. it, it sets, I know everybody's like says the standards and there's all these buzzwords and cliches and all that stuff, but it gives them not only their own spot, their own recognition, it gives them control. Um, yeah. You know, you could have them play a sporting and it'd be a great stadium and be a good size and <laughs> all these other things, but the, the colors would be wrong. The advertisements would not be right. The, they would not own the revenue from that stadium. They couldn't sell stadium naming rights, field naming rights, club naming rights, all of those things yep. that will bring money into a team. Now the longs are financially well off. They can lose a bunch of money for quite a while and never even notice it. Well, I, they would notice it because they're really good at managing money, but <laughs> um, it, it's not like they it's not like they couldn't lose some money and just donate it and, and not worry about it. Right. But in the long run, no pun intended, you want a team to be self-sustaining by the money comes in from revenue, from, from 
ads, tickets, selling players, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is a step towards that sustainability where this team and uh, another team and then another team. And then once you have 10, 12 teams all with their own stadiums or, you know, at least control enough over their own stadiums that they can be, it can be a sustaining league. It's not charity anymore. It's not, it's not uh, just throwing money away. It's, it's a going concern. It's good soccer. It's, it's a league that just goes. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a better words for it right at the moment. I'm sure I'll be more poetic when I'm not on air. That's always how it goes, right? Um, but yeah, and I think the location is incredible too. I think that's an area that, you know, even when we were talking with the longs before any of it happened um, for, you know, or before all the festivities got underway, um, you know, doing some interviews for the star and uh, other stuff, you know, we got to, we got to sit there and talk about, you know, there, there's plans for um, the stadium being, you know, the green uh, aspect of the stadium. There's plans for the pavilion that can be um, outside of the stadium that can potentially host um, watch party stuff for the World Cup. They have the park itself that they can put stuff there. They have uh, dreams of building up the area around the stadium um, uh, in in commercial, uh, you know, properties that, that come in and people want to put their bar outside of the stadium. So people have a place to go to afterwards. They want to put their restaurant out there for, you know, to be an official, you know, game day hub, you know, for for the stadium and, and all that kind of stuff. And it, there's so many aspects of it that all um, become self-sustaining, not just for that, but it's a, a bright spot for the city. I, this is kind of slightly unrelated, but like I, I grew up in the Bay area, in Northern California, in the Bay area and the San Francisco giants, when they built the, you, I don't know if you, if you're a baseball fan, if not, just look up AT&T park. It's one of the most beautiful settings in all of baseball. You have the giant Bay bridge in the background, beautiful ocean uh, on the backside of it in the San Francisco Bay kayakers out there waiting for home run balls to get over the wall. I mean, it's an awesome setting, but like that and the, the area around that tons of bars, they have like a pinstripes, like bowling alley kind of place over there. They've got all kinds of restaurants and vendors and that place was a dump it was a dump along the waterfront it was you know fat it was old docks piers marinas it was blight in san francisco and all the large or buildings didn't want them to put stuff up there because they were afraid it was going to cover up their view of the bay well they put that up there and all those people started investing in property around that now the chase center for where the golden state warriors play is just a stone's throw from the bridge that's on the backside of at&t park um, that covers a little inlet that comes in with a little river and waterway that goes into san francisco i mean there that the whole area, that whole waterfront is entirely changed just because someone said, we're going to build a, build a destination here. And then people bought in to realize what a great destination that was. And I think that's going to be something not, not just for Kansas city, for, for the women and stuff like, or not just for the women, not just for the players and stuff like that, but for the city as well to add yet another area. Um, you, know, you have the river market, you have the plaza, you have the crossroads district, you've got uh, power and light and you've got some of those areas, but now, now we're adding another area to that like downtown vibe of, uh, of kind of building up of, you know, successful businesses, successful storefronts um, that, that can all come along in there. And I, I don't know if any of you um, were out at the, out at the, 
party out there. But if you got a chance to kind of stick around right, right where the stadium site was and turn back towards the city, it is an incredible view on the backside of the skyline that's going to loom over the stadium at, at night. I, I can't imagine how cool that's going to be at night to have the whole sky uh, of, of Kansas City lit up behind it with the river going in the background of the Buck O'Neill Bridge, all kinds of just really cool stuff that's happening right there that I it's 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 going to be um a really awesome place to be um and you know it's 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 got so many positive benefits um and you have a group of people that are privately financing it i think that's stadiums everyone's frustration is like their rabble rant at the cloud is that you know those stadiums are being uh financed publicly and financed through taxpayer money and all this kind of stuff and i know there's a little bit of taxpayer money and bonds yeah. and stuff like that going into this but for the most part it is you know what, what would say maybe at least 90 percent. this is entirely uh owner funded right so yeah it, it was 100 percent. and then when they made some upgrades to because it was and some uh, there was going to be ten thousand, and then it bumped up to eleven thousand five hundred, and then yeah. that's when they kind of the, they had to bring in some of the taxpayer money to it but in the grand yeah, scheme I, of it's, things it's a it's a it's a 10 percent or 15 percent of the overall cost so it's not a it's not a huge yeah. amount compared to a lot of these and again not that i ever trust the forecast of any economist but supposedly it could bring in a billion dollars to that area over the next two or three decades so yeah i mean um, that's huge i don't know that it'll bring in a billion dollars over 30 years but if it brings in half a billion dollars over the next 30 years that's probably so kind of well worth it for that area and again there's knock-on effects that are not tangible to yeah. uh, projections the i did stick around I, as much as i said i was going to leave because i hate crowds <laughs> uh, which is weird considering i'm in crowds all the time but the i did stick around i did watch the second groundbreaking the ones for the fans then fans so we're given a chance to basically step into the area and get quick pictures on their own phones. And that was just like, they were like just jumping in there so fast to do that because they, everybody wanted to do that. Um, there was a buzz and it was such a, a, a contrast from the first part of the week that again, I don't want to focus on too much right now, but just like you said earlier, the Yates report, the, the ESPN show, all the things that we knew about were, so heavily put in front of us uh the yates report started off basically throwing it right up front to make it more impactful but then there was that dichotomy that just four days later everybody's wanting to have a good time and it seems like that that maybe that was so needed like okay you're not going to put everything behind you there's still all these things that need to be done there's protections that need to be done better uh, people need to be still punished and hung up by their toes, but it was like, it was like, okay, here's the light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe we're seeing what the future will be. And that's that turning point that I don't know that anybody will ever be able to quite quantify at least not for another 10 years. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. I'm sorry, I'm stadium talked out at this point, but yes, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, awesome event, um, awesome night uh, in women's soccer history, um, women's sports history, um, 
opening night will be even bigger. Uh, and, and I'm really looking forward to that uh, in 2024. Yeah, me too. All right. We got the, the, the terrible and the great out of the way. Let's put it that way for the moment. Mm-hmm. And now we have uh, a, a game coming up in three days, four days, whatever it is on Sunday. Uh, the current are away at Houston and it's not going to be easy. What do you, no. what do you see is going to happen down there, man? Any predictions or. You know, I think it's interesting. Uh, I know you got to talk to coach Potter yesterday. Um, I talked to him today. Um, Houston, even as recent as sport, as their last game against Houston feels, um, they're still uh, Houston's still kind of a different team at the moment um, than, than the team that they faced there. You know, that was Ebony Salmon's first game um, back with, with that team after her trade. And she was really dangerous in the first half and not dangerous at all in the second half. Um, once, you know, the current figured out what to do with her. Uh, but you know, I think there's, there's other pieces. The new coach came in just after that. Um, and I, I think there's some, uh some some things about that team that have changed since um the current have played their four matches against them this season and it's going to be an interesting wrinkle to it um i do think that the current have handled that well um throughout the season where they've faced teams that are look vastly different from one game uh to the next i don't think the current are that different from the team that beat them uh down in houston the last time um you know i and I even you were there, I think, uh, for that game on Mother's Day, right? Between the two teams, um, the current dominated that game. Houston got a bogus penalty kick um, and got a, a late breakaway winner um, in that match. That was, you know, after the current had flooded numbers forward trying to equalize it. And they just played um, a very intense match against the North Carolina Courage the days before. Um, still just weren't quite that team uh in that loss uh cc kaiser and when they're all on that team uh that's a, a much different team than what that team was back then so um and i think the current the first thing that i noticed about the current is the fact that they get set piece goals against houston a lot um and i think that's an area for for them who've a team that has had a coach like Lloyd, um, who keys in on set pieces like that. Um, I think that's really important. A lot of the goals that Houston has given up lately have been on set pieces too. Um, I, I, I just think it's really, that's an area that the current could, should look to exploit, but man, uh, I think it's crazy that we're even talking about this being a road game though. Um, considering the way everything went at the end of that match against Louisville, um, you know, Lo was pretty hot. I wouldn't say hot after that game, hot and angry, but I think she was a little, uh, you could already tell that the intensity that, and the frustration um, had settled in and was getting to a point where they were ready to channel it into like, all right, we're going to do something about this. Um, there was. Yeah. I, I saw Lo like the next day or two days later, whatever it was at sporting. And I just did something mm-hmm. generic, like, Hey, great season. And she very much snapped at me. We're not done yet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there there's that feeling she said, you know, it's better to lose now um, than it is in the playoffs. And I agree with that. Um, you know, I think this is a, an interesting test for them. Now they have to go do this away against a team that has never been in the, I mean, current technically have never been in the playoffs before um, as Houston 
Dash have not. Um, and the Houston Dash will be hosting this match again. That probably, uh, well, I don't know if it would even have been between them. It probably would have been Chicago at Kansas City if 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 uh, the current had drawn that game um, yeah. and stuck at zero zero. So um, uh, maybe even a bit more difficult matchup at that point. You know, I think um, I, I think the way that the current have handled Houston throughout the season gives me uh, calm um, about how they should do this. It was three nothing win in the Challenge Cup. Um, uh, a two, one win at home, I believe in the challenge cup. Um, and then a two, nothing two one win on the road with a, a goal in like the sixth minute of 10 random minutes of stoppage time, uh, down, down in Houston that made absolutely no sense, um, when they were up to nothing. Uh, so and, I think and it was an own goal. So, and it was an own goal, right? Yeah. So actually so, yeah. current scored all three of those goals in the two, one win. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm not, I wouldn't say um, the current should be like, like current fans should be like, Oh, we got this. Um, Because I think there is some, there should be some concern with how things ended through the season um, and and how they are going into this game. Are they going to find that really cohesive, dangerous attacking form Um, again, uh, you know, really one game in the last uh, five did they show that true firepower um, in themselves so I, I am I'm interested to see what we get out of this team and how do they start I think the start's going to be the biggest thing for them if they uh, if, if they make uh, come out even in that first 10-15 minutes or on top in that first 10-15 minutes of the match um, when you really have to learn how to settle in uh, at that point um, in a playoff game and in a, a must-win um, game, if you can win those first 10, 15 minutes, I think you're good. And I think that's what – well, I, I'll, I'll keep my point. I'll let you talk because I'm rambling at this point. Uh, it's okay. Um, going back to the last game, it was a disappointment in how it ended. It was a big disappointment that uh, Desi got the red card and should not be available for this game. Um, the uh, they should have been able to hold on for that at least a draw. They the one thing with this team is they they do hold they do seem to do things early or late. So they're going to score early, or they're going to score late, or they're going to give up a goal early, or they're going to give up a goal late. It just seems very much like that. Although the that game in Houston, last game in Houston, they scored in the 43rd and the 46th minute, so it was late in the half and early in the half. I guess I'm still going with my own theme there, but. <laughs> uh, and then you mentioned how key the the set pieces were. It seems like early in the year they were really good on set pieces, and it just seems like that trailed off a little bit throughout the the season. It seemed like there was a lot of. The, the passing combination they wanted they wanted to do uh, short corners or something and they did just did not succeed as well as they had earlier in the year maybe because teams were keying off that because they don't have a lot of height on the team a lot of you know big go for headers kind of people since Mewis has been out the entire year mm-hmm. that that's one of the things they lack there Claire has a little bit of height I'm just not sure how much he has the the leaps but yeah I think what they were, they were successful on set pieces wasn't necessarily from the initial ball. No, it, it was, was always second. that second action. And I think they haven't been able to uh, – teams have really keyed in on that and made sure that the current don't get that second bounce to the ball or uh, – Or even the first. Them, or even the first, yeah. And I that that has been something that's made it uh, more more easy for teams to cover, I guess. Um 
but yeah um i i don't know uh you know where where things have totally gone wrong necessarily for them in that obviously once you get film on what teams are doing you you try and do something different but um i i I think this i feel like you know they haven't really been losing set pieces uh you know so much in games either um which i think also goes part of the part of the coaching and you know maybe they don't score as long as they're not conceding on them and you know i think that that's an area where okay then 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 i think you'll they'll be good because i don't they don't really concede very much um from they, they don't concede much from set pieces um so then if they can dominate the, the run of play themselves um maybe a little bit more possession a little bit more patience um in the final third uh, and making things open up um then then maybe we'll see uh you know the, the return of that really dominant um casey current uh, squad that we've come to come to see and come to expect. I think at times too, when we saw that in the summer, uh, a certain person, Alex Luera, uh was playing as the number six. I, for you with Desi out, is she the logical um, drop in for Desi um, in the number six spot? Yeah, and um, I don't want to. I want to say this in the very best way possible. I'm not unhappy with that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Desi has her immense amount of strengths that she carries into the team. And Loera has a little bit of uh, a little bit of Desi, but a little bit better passing a little bit better in that regard, a little more energy at times. Although it, it would be hard to rule out wanting Des in there for closing out a game, you know, but. Correct. And, and, and I think too, the, you know, I, I just think of the, the passing display. She's really good at playing players into space um, and, and, you know, taking that mental picture of the field and knowing which ball needs to get played over the top, um, which through ball needs to get made, um, which pass needs to get made. And I think that that's just part of going to be part of her evolution as a player. Um, and I, I see a lot of, well, at the time, Julie Johnston, but Julie Ertz um, in her and the fact that she can play center back, but can also be a really physical, uh, a demanding physical presence, but a really good ball distributing uh, physical presence as a six at times. And um, uh, we've talked and gushed about her ceiling before on this pod. So I, I don't think our our belief in her abilities is any secret. Um, you know, I, I tried to ask part of that a little bit. You know, do you do you maybe uh, is this even a place where you can put Chloe in who's never played a minute uh, in the league this year? Um, that That's difficult, but she's playing for Australia right now is getting minutes during the international break. Yeah. So that's a question. Okay. Is she healthy? Can she play? And I think, you know, the talk about trust of players and all that stuff is good, but I think the player that's most trusted in that instance is going to be, uh, it's going to be Loera for me. And then what happens there is who do you put on the back line? I think with, Ebony Salmon speed, you got to put Addison Merrick in there as well. Yeah. Uh, the third center back with uh, with Ball and uh, Edmonds. Yeah, and I, th- I think the usually when the current have been at their worst is when E-Ball has not been at her best. So mm-hmm. as long as she's doing well with Loera in front of her, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about it being Addison or even somebody else out to the side there. Mm-hmm. The uh, Speaking of, you, you mentioned like the 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 potential for Loera uh, Mace has gotten starts in both the national team games mm-hmm. that one was a loss that was 
okay, it was England at their best in Wembley and a controversial VAR call and all that type of stuff for a 2-1 loss. That's yeah. really not a big deal. The the loss in Spain, though, to the minus 15 best players of Spain team, that was a lot more concerning. And I don't feel like Mace looked even good in that game. I didn't get a chance to watch the game against Spain, so I'll have to take your word for it. Uh, I mean, and not that she was... She was not the worst one on the field, don't get me, and that's in no way, shape, or form what I'm saying. It's just I, nobody looked really good in that game. Um, yeah. There's things that she did going forward, but then failed, but which left it open coming back the other way. Uh, so with current, she would have probably been fine because <laughs> people yeah. knew to cover, but with the national team, it didn't go quite as well. All right. Anything else we need to chat about? Want to do predictions? Uh-huh. Prediction. I hate that. I don't like predictions here. Um, playoffs is hard. Uh, Every game is hard. Are you Are looking comfortable going first? I'm, oh, I'm uh, thinking I'm in my contemplative state. And by the way, remind me to tell a small story about Luera when the playoffs are done. Okay. I'm going to wait till after that because. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. So I, I hate to do this to the listeners, but I'll tell a story later. Um, I'm going to go with a current win in this one. Uh, I think it's doable. It's not by it's by far not a guarantee or you know a blowout, but it's probably a two one win or three two win, yeah. something like that. Okay. Okay. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I think Casey Kurt went on this one. I excuse me. I I don't know where I don't know a spot where I feel like the Dynamo have an advantage uh, in either their front line, their midfield, or their back line. The dash. The dash. Did I say Dynamo? I'm sorry. Ugh, gosh. No, it's easy. Two man. names it's, it's, with yeah. these. Ah, sinking. Anyways, I, I don't think that the dash, um, I don't know that I, I see them having an advantage. Do I see Casey having an advantage in those specific groups? Not necessarily, but I think the way that the current have played, how cohesive they've been, um, goes to show for who they are and how good they, um, this is a team that was literally, um, a let 80 France grab the ball in the air instead of heading it out, um, away from being the three seed and hosting, uh, a playoff game. Um, there is not, uh, a, a much of a, a seeding gulf between these two teams and in, in terms of, uh, ability or quality. Um, I I'll say a two, one current win, um, done in normal time. I, I think that's where I feel comfortable there. Um, current really don't s- score more than two goals very often. Only a couple times this year, they scored three. Um, so I two two feels safe. Two feels good. I'll say two, one win. A Lola Bonta PK and a Kristen Ed, Kristen uh, Hamilton banger. How about that? Sure. Men for yeah. it. Yeah, me too. All right. Uh, I think that's all we're going to do for tonight. Thanks everybody for listening, subscribe, follow, like, whatever. Um, and we'll do one next week after the, the playoff match and we'll see how that goes. 
we're out.